So my good friend Andy Kurtz and I decided to do a design podcast. Like most design podcasts you may hear, we will cover a wide array of design topics. We will speak about branding, packaging, marketing, and brand loyalty. What makes it unique is that it comes from our perspective as small boutique design owners dealing with the ins and outs of the everyday work environment. We are hands-on from start to finish with all of our clients, have well-rounded appreciation of all aspects that may go into a brand, and to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz, and this is the Kirk and Kurtz Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz number 43, You Got Played to the Max, Part 1. Oh, that's so funny. You sound great. Okay, good. Good, good. Here we go. I'm Kirk Faisal. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, and I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And this is the Kirk and Kurtz Design Podcast. (laughs) So today today is is a very interesting podcast because I... (laughs) <laughs> Up until three or four days ago, I had no idea who this dude was. Um, and it's, it's been so great going down the rabbit hole to see who he is and what he's about. And I still don't know. And I and this is the first person <laughs> like I really researched, no offense to you other guests who've been on, because it's just this wide array of things that he's done from making clothes to running design agencies and departments and doing all kinds of stuff, hanging out with his, his bonus family or bonus uh, kids and his wife and doing all kinds of crazy stuff and i still don't know who he is and uh andy turned me on to, to max and i want to be sure i see your last name right it's max waffler correct 100 you guys all right all right so Ooh. you're already batting a thousand <laughs> uh, max thank you so much for being on the show man really appreciate oh, it oh i'm i'm blushing what an introduction thank you Kurt, so <laughs> much yeah yeah I, I had it all written down and um no i'm kidding i just threw off the top of my head but <laughs> but it's, it's so good to have you on man and for me to start off to start off the, the podcast and to get it going i always ask first and foremost and this is just like the whole intro thing like because it is the design podcast what got you into design like what made you even start thinking about it that's a great question the origin story the origin story yeah yeah. Wait, are, are you a villain or are you a superhero? Are you anti-hero? <laughs> Ooh. I, I'm definitely a superhero. I mean, <laughs> I I learned early that you're the protagonist of your own life, you know? Okay. Uh, no joke. My mom and my dad um, were both uh, major influences on my on my uh, my desire to make things, to to seek out design, to seek out the way that things are put together. Um, My dad was an art major, I think by virtue of the fact that he just wanted to study abroad for a semester and it turned into, I think, a year study abroad. And in order to do so, he had to change his major to art. Uh, (laughs) But he's a businessman, but he, you know, very much always appreciated art, taught me to draw, taught me a lot about the manufacture of things. Any road trip, he'd be pointing out factories, was a spot welder for a time in college, worked at the 
hardware store in, inside Sears in his uh, town in, in Illinois. And um, my mom was uh, working retail the minute she could get a job. She was working in the handbag department at JCPenney. When she met my dad, she was managing a department at JCPenney. I think she was the main, main breadwinner at the time. Uh, that's a story for another time. But like I grew up around clothing racks. My mom worked retail off and on throughout my childhood. Um, I, re I vividly remember carrying a saxophone case down a major highway, not a, like a four lane road with a boulevard, you know, uh, with a saxophone case going to the mall to meet my mom after school so she could take me to sax, wow. sax lessons. Wait, um, what lessons? Sax lessons. What lessons? Saxophone, baby. Alto. Alto. Making <laughs> sure. Making sure. <laughs> sex lessons. Oh, God. You guys are gross. Man. Hey, mom. Your parents. Hey, mom. I'm late. Late from a sex lesson. She told me a story the other day. She, I, I didn't know this, that, that actually her job was, she was kind of like the secretary at Neiman Marcus. They had like an administrative assistant for the sale, salespeople, for the high-end customers. Mm. I grew up in St. Louis, and... I went to high school down the street from the fancy mall, you know, the one with the carpets referenced in a couple Nelly songs. Um, <laughs> and my mom, yeah, my mom was, my mom was the lady who would like hook up the customers with their, with their, uh, with their, you know, their client sellers. And wow. um, I didn't know that she sat at a desk. She had like, you know, um, she had like this Rolodex. It's crazy to me to think about yeah. like 90s. Like right. 90s retail versus today. Yeah, right. And so as a, as a result of that, you know, like I remember getting lost in a Sears. Uh, it's always comes back to Sears and JCPenney for me. Um, <laughs> getting lost in a Sears in a circular ro uh, rack with my little brother. My brother um, and I were, we were in, I remember, vividly remember we had view of Bert and Ernie oh, from Sesame Street. The best. Like they were, they were in full, full sears regalia in this like like next to the mannequins that were all wearing sears or uh sesame street clothing and that's why we sat there so we could look and see if burton burton ernie were going to come to life <laughs> and we get home we get home and in my brother's oshkosh overalls are all the little small medium and large circular tags on top of the uh -huh. hangers he would collect i mean he was just a he was a rug rat he would just collect things and like you know anyway yeah. I, 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 uh, through that, I, I think I, through osmosis or through listening to my mom or watching how my, my mother interacted with customers or watching how my, my, my dad was a, a stockbroker, but a stockbroker in name only. He was all about the relationship, all about the relationship between person and product. Great stories abound from his days traipsing through rural Kansas, knocking on screen doors of farmers and finding a million dollars in a mattress, you know? Um, was at one point in time one of the top sellers of Texaco stock in the country. So they sent him uh, a fleet of like a like a gross of red trucker caps with Texaco on them. And we go to the we go to the donut shop one morning, and we walk in, and everybody turns around and says, "Hey, Brad!" And they're all wearing the Texaco wearing hats, it. and you know, like those sorts of things are like in my blood in a way that mm -hmm. I can't really I can't really escape. And then, yeah, so I, I love to draw. I love movies. I love music. I love television. I grew up thinking I was going to be Kareem or Shaq. And uh, it turns out I was probably more closely destined to be Bob Costas. Um, <laughs> I like that. Just had I like no that. athletic ability whatsoever. And, and yeah, I'd love to talk. 
And um, so my parents, knowing that I love to talk, they kind of pushed me in front of a microphone as much as they could. And um, yeah, I was, you know, class speaker or the main presenter or the person that was always like, you know, working on behalf of the class. So I've always kind of been a spokesperson. I've always kind of loved, you know, learning, getting under the hood and understanding how things work. I have absolutely no talent for it whatsoever. Getting under the hood, that is. Um, I admire and respect the people that go to work every day and do one thing. That will never be me. I can't imagine <laughs> how they do that, but they can't imagine how I do what I do, which mm -hmm. is like always a, a blank piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Right. Literally right. sitting with one right now behind me. So there so there's go. that. That's that's kind of how I got into design, I guess. Uh, you know, and then like by virtue of the fact that my mother was in retail and she she likes to, to lay this claim that she was the first person to bring Ralph Lauren to Kansas. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with her. Your mom yeah. about, she's a baller. There's actually a guy who who is pretty well known in, in, in my circle who I think might have actually been the person who brought Ralph to, to Kansas. But that's a story for another time. The the fact is I, I grew up around clothes. I love clothes. Um, I understand clothes. I understand seasons, seasonality, color mm -hmm. theory, and like how things manifest. I love when Pantone names color of the year. I love when, you know, we see color trends changing. I love when we see shapes changing. When Tom Tom Brown brought out that shrunken suit in like 2005, 2006. I was there, man, you know, as LCD sound system says, the kids are coming up from behind, but I was there. And I remember like watching all of these guys start showing their ankles and being like, mm -hmm. being the weird guy at the end of the bar at PJ Clark's freaking out the, the banker types. They're like, Hey man, aren't you cold? It's December. And your, your ankles are showing <laughs> all that stuff feels like it feels like it's just, yeah, it's a, it's in my heartbeat. I, I don't know how to, how to get around it. Honestly, I, I can't avoid it either. That's the other thing. I'm a culture vulture. I, I live, I live by the morning talk show and the evening talk show. You know, I, I love understanding what's happening. I still haven't seen after sun. Can't wait to see it. I also haven't seen tar yet, but like I try to see every Oscar nominee. I, you know, I try to engage with all of the things. I'm in the middle right. of season two of Yellowstone right now. And I can't believe it, honestly, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's Godfather, it's Godfather and Romeo and Juliet. And uh, it's like, <laughs> it's funny. Get, getting ready to be Macbeth here in a yeah. minute. But uh, um, Max, uh, I was just going to say real quick, Max, the um, it's funny that you, you know, your origin story, you've sort of parked it at that, that time period. Cause that <laughs> I think is around when I discovered you. Oh, sure. And, and and it was um I was working in-house. I just started working in-house at a um uh this grocery store called the Fresh Market, which is headquartered here in in North Carolina. And um and it was, you know, it was young and it's my first sort of corporate job and they had a very strict dress code. And it was like and so this was my first like I was like, well, wh where do I go? What do I do? And so, of course, I went straight to, I think, and my wife worked there too. We went to like, um, I don't know, like uh, maybe J. Crew or something like that. Maybe. I don't know if we've had found style yet, but we just went somewhere to just took the racks off of um, 
TJ Maxx. I bet we that's where we went. And so we and I was and after like a month or two, I was like, I cannot be dressing like these other dusty fools walking around here. You know, like I just there's just it's just soulless. If I'm gonna have to wear these clothes, they're gonna have to be mean something. And so I don't know, I don't know how I came upon your blog and then the secret forts and then a continuous lean, you know, is that that was sort of my trifecta and you. And so I just followed you guys and I was like, okay, LL Bean, um, you know, yeah, you've peppered in some J Crew. There's Alden. There was all these brands that I was like, okay, now I have somewhere to go and really put together an outfit that I feel good about. And, uh, and then, you know, you, you post stories, you know, do good gift guides and stuff. And I don't know. So just became part of my, like, I can't remember how frequently you posted, but it just became part of my routine to check in with Max and see what he was up to and see what kind of style inspiration I could pull from him. Uh, and so I've been following you since then. Um, so thank you for, for, I, I worked there for seven years and that really being able to express myself through dress versus, you know, cause we couldn't even have beards there. It was so, and they did the, and five years into the, into my tenure there, they finally let us do uh, casual Friday. So, I mean, it, this was big. And so to, to be able to sort of, you know, do my own thing with my, with, uh, with my clothes was, but still look professional. Um, so isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that crazy to think about casual, fr <laughs> casual Friday? It's so crazy. <laughs> There's no such thing anymore. I know. Th seriously. Thank you so much. I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't heard a story like that in a long time. Um, and, and I, I greatly appreciate it. You know, I'm, I'm always humbled by the fact that like people would check in with me and, and <laughs> it doesn't, it, I will be totally honest. It doesn't happen as frequently anymore. And so, mm -hmm. um, I, I know that I peaked and I'm cool with that. Um, at, in terms of that space of my life, right? Like, yeah. I also feel like I grew out of it in a way, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you do too. You know, um, I want to say, I want to park really quick on fresh market. We just moved during COVID to a town that has a fresh market and <laughs> where, uh, uh, we live in Lake, uh, Lake Bluff, Illinois. There's oh, one in Lake yeah. And what's your address? So yeah, uh, we live on the ravine. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I think my um my wife helped design that store. I think it's a fairly new store. Awesome, it's like awesome. new from when we were working yeah. there. But yeah, 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 it's my so my wife my wife went in her previous marriage. She went to a fresh market that was just south of us. Yeah, and what I love about it is you go in. Yeah, I, I was referring to it the other day. They got the powder coated green carts. The classical yeah. music, yeah. People are pretty nice there generally. Mm -hmm. I think there's a couple curmudgeons, but that's to be expected. <laughs> and then, like the product's just good. It's not, yeah. It's not. It's it's just south of Whole Foods, just north of you know the Jewel Osco's up here, the Kroger's, you know, nationally. And I feel yeah. like, you know, we can always go in and and expect to be well fed, to be well taken care of, and that's awesome. Um, nice. in reference, in reference to like everything you're talking about, you know, I was at the time I was living in, in Brooklyn. Um, oh, Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, and, um, a lot of things were happening there that like, that I look back on now and I can't, I really can't fathom like a hand painted 
axe handle selling mm -hmm. for five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Um, custom made hand chocolate bars with wallpaper for wrapping that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, <laughs> um, and it was all right, like literally across the street from my house, mm -hmm. uh, across the street from my apartment. I and I moved into this apartment building, and over the course of one year, that apartment building gentrified, and I feel. To this day, I feel immensely guilty about that, that like I was part of this like wave of, as I was saying before we started the podcast, this group of like old millennials who are kind of, you know, we bridged this gap. We understood what it was like to have a landline and a pager. And uh, what is uh, what is Q-tip saying before I had status, before I had a pager? Yep. Uh, I feel like, you know, I feel like where you were and where I was, and I, I just come out of J crew when I started the blog. Um, I worked there as like the lowliest of the lowliest. I was basically pouring coffee for the coffee pours. Um, <laughs> but it was a good experience. I mean, I was always kind of that guy that would show up to the office in duds. He picked up from some garage sale or mm -hmm. a vintage store deep in, you know, bed sty. Is it your fault we have hipsters? Fuck yeah. Pardon yeah, my language. Yeah. yeah, I I am. I mean, I remember the Wikipedia page for hipster like being populated in like in in media res, like in real time as I'm uh -huh. as I'm like living. And I'm like, oh my gosh, tri-blend t-shirts from American Apparel, check. Boom. Salvage <laughs> denim from APC, check. Boom. <laughs> you know. Um, you were the guy going in the office that pick up duds. Up the rack, so that was you your... didn't take me off track. That's that's okay. that's the track. Like we we at J Crew, Mickey Drexler, the CEO of J Crew, was basically pushing us out of casual or into mm -hmm. casual, out of the need for a casual Friday, jeans yeah. with a Ludlow jacket. You know, um, figuring out what it was like to pair. I'm um, you know I can't help but reference my own closet. Like I was. I, I remember, I vividly remember asking my parents for a Woolrich, like shirt jack, Buffalo check shirt mm -hmm. jack in like 2005 or six. I was like, I think I want to dress like pictures of the grandfather that I, I never knew my, mm -hmm. my, my dad's dad, but I imagined him wearing this like plaid flannel shirt over another shirt. Yeah. And, you know, I think I had this mustache then. <laughs> <laughs> for 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 a whole other reason, I was in grad school for theater. I, I say grad school; it was like art school for theater. Um, and I had a mustache for a, a production of True West. Um, but yeah, all of that stuff was kind of happening. And then there was like this, um, this seismic boom that happened around the resurgence of street. And I feel like we're still kind of in that normcore replaced sort of lumber sexual or whatever you want to call it and then we jumped right into sweatpants that are cut to look like suit pants and Xenia mm -hmm. selling knockoff air jordans and then louis vuitton hiring virgil uh you know all that stuff kind of happened like really fast and mm -hmm. i i actually i actually had a conversation with somebody who virgil like knocked off and he didn't know that he'd been knocked off. <laughs> I felt like that was, that was the epitome of where oh, we, shit. where we were that like a seismic movement was happening over here. And the old guard just was completely 
not ready for it. So what happened to me in that time is I was, I was building a brand for a bourbon, uh, for a distiller. I, I realized that the part of all of this that I enjoy the most, isn't so much the putting together of an outfit or the clothes or even like the selling of any of this stuff. I just like the stories. And so mm-hmm. I, I kind of always gravitate towards that. I've said a lot here, guys, and I apologize. I, I don't even this, know if, if it's for on the talk. question. There's no need, no need to apologize. <laughs> you're just talking, man. Well, no, you've, you've, you've been one of the few guests that can, you, you're tying your origin story into basically yes. each topic that we want to sort of talk about. So right. you're actually, oh, good. Good. It's fascinating, actually. It's quite a motif. <laughs> it is, you know. And, and the, the thing you mentioned was you were you were into stories, and the stories went back to what you were talking about, not necessarily doing any brand work, but the connection that came with it. And one of the things I really loved, I was looking at one of your LinkedIn posts, one of the eight hundred LinkedIn posts, and it said that your brand is not marketing. And it's something that people don't realize is that. Mm-hmm. You can use a brand and market it, but it's not meant to be a marketing tool. It's it's a lifestyle. It's it's consistency. It stretches across different realms. It's not just the look. It's not just the feel. It's like the whole lifestyle. Like one of the best brands to do it out there now is Liquid Death. Right? I mean, amazing, the, yeah. brilliant, brilliant marketing. And it's just water. Yeah, it's water. It's and it's so, water. It's so simple. And are they aren't aren't isn't there like a program where like if you don't have a liquid death distributor, you can buy it from Amazon, sell it in your store, and we'll reimburse you for the wholesale, the re like the the retail difference or something like that. You can set up because because of the distro, you can basically buy it through Amazon at wholesale and then sell it in your store. Or if you're a you know, you got a cool guy's shop, you know, you got Mm -hmm. I don't know, cool barbershop, you want to distribute liquid death to your customers we'll wow. sell it to you we'll give it to you at wholesale like that's smart yeah forward thinking utilizing yeah. existent channels right super smart it yeah. is and and it's and the other thing too is is i was going to mention the fact that you mentioned things are going if i could say mentioned one more time things are moving so quickly <laughs> after <it's> just, mentioned <laughs> <laughs> things move so quickly now as opposed to when we were we were growing up right i mean mm-hmm there's so much stuff that we can do, but is it, do we want to deal with it? Like I can go on TikTok yeah. if I want it to. Nothing has gotten me to the point of programming a VCR yet, right? Like I'm not at that point yet with anything um, where you have to call someone else to help you, right? You have to call someone yeah. else to help yeah. you like, hey. You're saying something that like, I literally just was thinking. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just before getting on with you, I was thinking uh-huh. about how, and I am, I am, I mean, I am the target customer for like, I know I, I like, I was thinking about speaking of target. I was a target customer last <laughs> night. I went in for the the little table that this, that this whole get up, my whole podcast setup. I went in, I knew I was going to get it. I walked out. I know target doesn't want me to do that. Yeah. I went onto YouTube last night and I watch YouTube like uh, some other people watch CNN. Like right. I go to YouTube for just about, it is my search engine. You know, it's yeah. the second most yeah. second most used search engine to Google. And as my wife always reminds me, um, and I use it for that. I use it for just about everything uh, from entertainment to information. And um, I went on last night and I remember having the thought, you know what, this time I'm gonna go onto YouTube and I'm just gonna see what they feed me. Mm. And I think <laughs> that's 
bad. <laughs> I think that's lizard brain going down yeah. the rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. Algorithmically dependent and yeah. yeah. Going on to social channels and then not being able to see it in chronological order mm -hmm. bugs me today. And it's been a decade <laughs> since Instagram dropped. Right. I mean, I don't know if it's been a decade, but it's been close to a decade since a Instagram while. dropped. The chronological aspects, the insta of Instagram, the instant mm -hmm. nature of Instagram. Mm -hmm. And all of that, all of that together makes me feel like what you're talking about. You know, um, I was that kid who had, I think we had two TVs and three VCRs. I was always recording things and like piecing things together. Uh, I ran a, a TV show in high school, in my high school, you know, AV club. And I would show clips from the week of things I loved. And I don't, I don't know. I, I, uh, Spotify, right? Like I right. hit the en enhance button on my playlist on Spotify last night and I got songs I was like, Pretty so pretty stoked on thanks Spotify. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't know. Is this is this bad that we're being yeah. fed all this stuff? I don't yeah, know. I, I think here's something that that's really not talked about too in regards to all the stuff that's happening is even if people have the ability to do something, doesn't mean that they're going to A do it well or B understand it. And so for instance, a lot of stuff's coming out about AI right now and mid-journey yeah. and and Andy and I, I've been playing with Midjourney and just to help me yep. get out concepts and stuff. But people are saying, oh, it's going to replace, it's going to replace this, it's going to replace that. It's like, I was thinking about it. Canva's been out for a while. They're still designers. Um, stock photos yeah. have been out. They're still photographers. It's like, it's just the next phase. It, we're not going from like Blockbuster to Netflix. It's just the next phase. And I think you were talking about processes and processes to me equal change or progress. Progress to me equals change. So any type of change yeah. is a form of progress. Usually I think of it as being good, as long as it's not like someone dying or something, you know, very detrimental or bad happening. I think that it's along the lines of just change is progress. It's just another form of mm -hmm. change or progress. And it bothers me that people are so dismissive of something before even actually explaining it. And I was kind of in that in that frame of mind until like we talked to my friend Avelio. And he said, hey, this yeah. is what you need to do. This is what needs to happen. And this is what's going on. I said, you know what? You're saying it that way and it really helps. It's more of a tool to help us learn more. But the idea of what you were saying going down the lizard brain is the ability to focus it. If you can find so, That's right. much, so much shit, if you can focus on one aspect of it, you can just do great things with it. Um, but real quick, back to brand. Um, what would you think that your brand was because like i said before i was looking things up on you and andy mm -hmm. showed me this cool video you did with basil hayden is it hayden or hayden great question literally just came up in a conversation today with somebody else yeah so um he's a german guy right one one assumes that back then it was basil hayden but we all we all called it basil hayden and right. i think it's i think it's safe to say that basil hayden is what's stuck so. Yeah, yeah. So like it also you, has that lovely, lovely little rhyme in the middle, the assonant rhyme. There. Yes. A -A. Ace, hey, yeah. So you're doing that, and then also look at find you're doing um, played your played line, or is it played or plaid? I can see it's like. Well, that's a that's a long story. The the <laughs> the short version short version is it's both, and okay. the reason for that was I was get, trying to get over a relationship with a young woman and you who got was played. a designer. She no, she had a line called play. And so I was all played out. Uh, <laughs> and I, 
so good. I also wanted so desperately to not tell stories about things that were trendy, but things that were tried and true that were pla mm. that were played out. Things that were, you know. See, and, that, and that's and that's the thing too. It's like your brand to me, from what I've seen and what I've experienced, is that it's just life. Like it's it's the experience life. It's not like. Could you could you write me a, a paper about life? <laughs> Can you imagine being in history class and they're like, hey, "Could you write me a history paper about history?" Um, right. My no, my my brand is my brand, and I just I just like last week with my wife sitting sitting with me, you know, full probably drunk, Christmas Eve, <laughs> Christmas Day, I don't remember, somewhere around there. Reflecting. <laughs> I think I'm gonna add this to my to my Insta bio, and she was like. No. whatever <laughs> yeah, right. right right response but i added the words seeking authenticity and i think that like that's ultimately like how i boil myself down in two words is and i think that's a good exercise for all of us how do we, how do you mm -hmm. guys boil yourselves selves down in yeah. two words right um courageously <laughs> the word courageously honest Oh, nice. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Because, and Andy, um, like, I don't have a filter. So that's, that's yeah. a lot of times my problem. It gets me in trouble because I'll just say shit. And he's like, <laughs> uh, well, I said, yeah, I just straight up say it. But Andy, what were you going to say, brother? I'm sorry, man. I was going to say, I, I'm terrible at thinking on my feet. And so I would not be able to answer this question right now. <laughs> yeah. No Proustian questionnaires for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny. I, I like that. Um, I love that exercise. I know now to go back to the name, I know I'm not the only person who's ever told you that they thought it's all plaid out. Right. It's both. Yeah. It's both. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. I just, I was like, I'm an idiot. Plaid thing also happened. Plaid. Yeah. Uh, I, I was at home for Thanksgiving of 2008. Um, and I was like him and Han. I'd been like, I'd been reading the blogs. I was reading 10 Engines and Secret Force and a Continuous Lean and um, a couple others. Restless Transplant. Good old Brandon Caps. I miss that guy. Um, and I uh, was looking at pictures of my family and there's this like, there's like this pastiche of like throughout the entirety of my childhood where we all wore plaid. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. And like, it's just like always mm, around. Yeah, like a, that's, dude, that's the, Santa, it's the Santa Cruz outfit, man. Like here, it's, it's like a ball. I live yeah. in Santa Cruz. So it's like a ball cap, plaid, like, plaid. Oh, like long shirt, yeah. dockers or but, dickies of some sort, black thoughts. Yeah, it kind of goes yeah. with what, you know, with what I'm, with what I was, with what was my ethos at the time, which was like, it's never really in or out of style. It's just kind of around. It's yeah. just kind yeah. of, it, it kind of back to the lumberjack yeah. motif right like the new lumberjack. Yeah. Will, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so like go ahead i'm sorry hey, go ahead so i was gonna no, say go it, for, for andy's two words is optimistically fierce oh i love that that'd be my description of andy thank because, you thank you because he's he my, always and, and and my 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 mean dig at you <laughs> <laughs> you, Kurt, it's, it's overusing adverbs. <laughs> That's perfect, dude. My this is no no joke, man. No joke. My my illustration teacher. Because the thing is, I grew up with my mom. My mom is, for lack of a better term, the grammar police. Because oh, like just super duper strict. 
because she knew she knew that being black i would automatically be judged by how i looked so she didn't want to have my semantics and dictation and vernacular used against me 100 as a means of someone seeing me and so mm -hmm. i i would I, I love writing and i love words and i love talking as as much as it may seem like i don't like people i do like to actually talk and have conversations <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I just been taught that way to do things. And so in, in, in college, I took an illustration class from John Clapp, uh, C-L-A-P-P, John Clapp Illustration. He's an illustrator, phenomenal watercolor artist, draftsman, everything else. And we were coming up with things for, for our self-portrait and what it's supposed to be. And <laughs> Kirk, you should call yourself overly descriptive man. <laughs> oh that's awesome so the, so the fact you said that makes perfect sense fucking dick but uh <laughs> i i meant it purely i meant it purely Dude, I out of love because i'm guilty of that too it's funny man. it's great i had a i had a mentor in college my senior reading you have to pick a, a professor to introduce you yeah and you, you read like a portfolio of your work um for like 20 or 30 minutes and you have to like book a venue and all this crap i did it in a i did it in a coffee shop total like jerk move i a uh, guy the night before had taken off his shirt like superman and underneath his shirt was a t-shirt he'd written on it dead iraqis can't vote and so i went to the t-shirt printing place that day of my reading and i had them just print a shirt that just said senior reading across it and i did the same move because i thought i was so postmodern. and um my I, like just before i was ready to take off my shirt this guy introduces me and it's all alliteration he basically does like my name and it's this like spew of m's and i'm just like oh he's totally taking the piss and it was beautiful it was beautiful like what he wrote was more was was perfect for what i was then going to do <laughs> Which was this, like, uh, I basically created this perf this performance where I was embodying, like, all of my favorite poets from throughout time. And I started with Gwendolyn Brooks. We real cool. We skip school. We lurk late. We shoot straight. We lurk late. Um, I did a poem that I wrote that was in tribute to Gwendolyn Brooks. And I'm sitting up there, this white boy with my shirt open <laughs> in front of, like, you know, a, a multicultural audience. I'll, I'll be honest. It was rural Indiana. So it was as multi multicultural as rural Indiana can get. Right. But I'm, I'm doing this and I'm like, I am an ass. The whole time I was like, I am an ass. And I, and I wrote a new piece. And I was one of the few people that year to write a new piece for my senior reading about my roommate. And my roommate was in the front row, like oh. lasers through my, oh, through the back man. of my skull. It was awesome. <laughs> It was, he was, he was a little taken aback. Uh, he told me after, he told me after, afterwards, like a year later or so, he was like, honestly, that was like one of the best things you ever wrote. So I'm, I'm glad that I was the subject, but nice. I'm a little embarrassed. Anyhow, dude, I feel like, I feel like being raised by grammar police is a, is a virtue, truthfully. Mm -hmm. um, I have been, so the last like few jobs I've had, I have been completely uh, like taken to my knees by the fact that no one seems to know how to write anymore. Oh, dude, yeah. dude. And it's like, people that are older than me 
or my boss or and I'm and I'm not calling out, you know, everybody, you know, there are plenty of people that are much better writers than I am. But I'm like, that's not a sentence. Yeah. But you're not no, a writer. It's... You wouldn't call yourself a writer, though. Right. Would you? Me? Yeah. Oh, I think writer first. I Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I bury. Yeah. I wouldn't call myself a writer, but I love to write, you know, like, and Andy's seen, Andy's seen decks that I put together where I've had to describe things and talk about things. And most of it is just bullshit. Like, it's just bullshit I make up to go with the theme that I'm trying to do. And for all you clients listening right now, this is all for entertainment purposes. I really do take care <laughs> and concern in every project that I do. But usually it's just bullshit that I think of on the spot to make sure- Copyright 2023. <laughs> Trademark, <laughs> overusing adverbs, <laughs> LLC. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, I'm vivaciously overusing adverbs. I, yes, <laughs> I, I, I relate to that so hard because it's like there are some, there are some times where you're just like, and and going back to the AI thing, right? There's something about blank page that is exciting, and there's sometimes where it's just like super intimidating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just give me a little help, and AI can help you, like, kind of get get in get a foot in the door and then right. you're mm -hmm. and then you're in and you're cooking and you're like yeah, okay yeah, yeah. i see I, I see what the robot did there <laughs> i understand <laughs> there I, I i actually did this exercise with an ai uh machine the other day i asked it to build my old clothing my old sporting goods store i had an online sporting goods store with a friend of mine um that turned into a lot of other projects we sold uh, bought and sold vintage and new made in usa baseball, basketball, football, hunting, fishing, camping. And I put into this AI feed, build this brand called this. And uh, it started by these two guys in, in this year. And it went to town. And what it came up with was better than what I wrote originally. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things like, so going back to what you were saying, like talking about like get, being fed, there are aspects of it that feel like that feel like to me um, detrimental to the person with the pen, mm. right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and at the same time, um, I'm never I'm never without an idea. I'm never without yeah. a, a direction. Mm -hmm. um, I talk a lot about roads, like building roads, and realizing like, yeah, you're building the road, but you can hit reverse, or you right. can start a new road. Yeah, and like. Just even even in a client meeting yesterday, I was like, "Let's parallel path." I understand you want to do this, and it sounds like other folks in the room want to do this. Let's do both and just see which one wins out. And that's, you know, that comes down to just two cans of Coors Light in your hand as a college student, realizing like, oh, I'm I'm going to race these, see which one wins. You know, like <laughs> I came up with your million dollar idea. Just call your next that? project Mini Forks. Oh. Always went on the path. See, hey, many forks in the road and many directions and many, yeah, forks. many forks. There you go. I love that. But well, you guys, you guys, you guys must feel the same way, right? In your work that oh you're like. Oh my God, dude. It's. Yeah. The fact that I, it, I, I have to carry around a, a sketch pad all the time or just get ideas out because it just goes. Yeah. But Andy, what are you going to say? Man, I interrupted you. I was, well, I was just going to say like over the time over the you know, eight years now that I've been running Buttermilk Creative, I went from, you know, full-time, very like conceptual designer focused, no business um, mind 
to now that's what I like to do in the business is that kind of stuff. And the last, not the last thing I want to do is design, but like it really, it's not that there's no passion there. I love design and I love um, problem solving and things like that. It's just to open up the design application and start pushing around pixels just grates on me a little bit, unless it's a client that I really love and I, I love working on their stuff. But um, Andy, you love all your clients. I do. I do. I love them, all my clients. Um, but it's just, I don't know, just like the, the, the effort and energy it takes to, to win a project. And then you have to turn around the next day and be creative, you know, and it's like, well, here we go. Let's, that's, that's, that's been, that gets harder and harder for me, um, as I go along in the, in the business. But, um, but then it's, I don't know, it's just fun. I think to your point, like I love talking to people and I love hearing what they need and then figuring out a solution for them. I don't necessarily want to, you know, like I, I creative direct the solution, but I don't want to necessarily open up the design application and then, you know, get it print ready and all that kind of stuff. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What, what percentage of your time are you on your business and what percentage of your time are you in your business? Oh my gosh. Oh man. Well, I'll tell you exactly what I tell my business coach who I'll see tomorrow for a half day, uh, little, uh, coaching session is, oh man, I'm probably in the business. Well, yeah, I'm probably in the business. 70.